What would you do if you got scammed? Would you suffer in silence or would you do something about it? Well, I got scammed once and this is the story of what I did. I'm Justin Sales, the host of The Wedding Scammer, a true crime podcast from The Ringer. And for seven episodes, we're hunting a con man, a guy with a lot of aliases, a guy who's ruined a lot of weddings. And with the help of some friends, I just might be able to catch him. Listen to The Wedding Scammer on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear are so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. Hi, Amanda. How are you? I'm great, Juliet. I'm really glad to see you and your wonderful sweater. Thank you. You're Will so it nice be a part to me. of the gift guide? I'm just going to say I'll, I'll post a pic of it. Okay. It's the Lisa Todd blue sweater with embroidered flowers. We are going to do our gift guide today. Thank you so much for mentioning it. But first, there's some news and events to get to, beginning with Beyonce's Renaissance came out this past weekend. Sure. Had did. a very solid opening, had several premieres, including in Los Angeles and London. Taylor Swift reciprocated and attended the London premiere. She brought as her date her best friend, Blake Lively. Amanda, how was the film? I just had a spectacular time. I'd love to set the scene for a Please do. Okay. Yeah, so, so where did you see it? I saw it at the Regal Santa Fe on Thursday night at 7 p.m., which was the first screening available. So I Oh, wow. Yes. It sold out? No, Julia. Let me. I'm just gonna set the scene for you. Okay. So I saw it of <laughs> the first screening in my capacity as a co-host of the Big Picture because we did talk about it on the Big Picture on Friday with Wesley Morris, Juliet. So that was really I knew fun. that. I knew that Wesley was your guest. Wesley's the best. So I needed, you know, to be prepared. And the screening in LA, the premiere, number one, I was not invited. And number two, it was over Thanksgiving. So that was like a tough double whammy for me. Wasn't around. And then I don't live in London, much to my chagrin. So Thursday night, 7 p.m. Why Santa Fe, do you ask? Great question. I, uh, my whole family went to Santa Fe for the weekend to visit friends who were there working. And it was a blast. It was a blast. I'd love to shout out the people of Santa Fe who do a lot to bring the cultural experience to the world in like pretty much every way except for showing up to uh, Beyonce Renaissance. There were 10 other people in the screening. Now, to be fair, it was also a snow day. 
a lot of things were closed in Santa Fe, so maybe people felt like they weren't going to be driving out in the snow for the opening show of Renaissance when they could go, say, the next night. Can but, I ask a question? Yeah. Sorry, I just need to ask a question. Yeah. Is Santa Fe a location where people tend to have four-wheel drive vehicles? Yes. Okay. Like, so they're prepared well, for snow. I would say yes. I, I am not by any means an expert on Santa Fe. <laughs> I've never been to New Mexico. It's very beautiful, and I really enjoyed my time there, and I'd like to go back. I would say that I experienced a high number of boomers just really boomering out over the I've weekend. heard that about New Mexico, too. I do, I do think, you know, I think it's a, a rich tapestry. The part of the tapestry that I was exposed to was primarily, like, boomers who, uh, you know, a representative story was my husband was, like, in a restroom at a restaurant— Okay. And a boomer was also there. And when the boomer was done and left the restroom, he turned the lights out on my husband, you know? Because <laughs> when the boomer was done, everyone it was, was done. over. So the boomers were not, were like driving cautiously in the ice. So, I so that was good. But I, I guess that meant that they didn't really need all-wheel vehicles. We rented an all-wheel vehicle. So we were great. And I went to Renaissance with my friend, Molly. Who is also Juliet's friend? friend. Come on. You're I know. I was, I was saying who is also <laughs> Juliet's friend. And Molly crucially went to Renaissance the tour twice. Like oh, in wow. two locations, including the birthday show in Los Angeles. So like Molly. Wow. Yeah, Molly is like a true friend. Like when I was packing, I texted Molly. True fan. Yeah, well, she's a friend also for going in Santa Fe, you know. But um, Oh, th- that's what you meant. Sorry. True friend for going again with you. I see. Right. And also a true fan. I met both. And I did feel like I had to let her know in advance that I would not be wearing silver to our joint showing of Renaissance because I, like, don't own any and, like, couldn't really pack it. Can't imagine you wearing silver. I'm going to be honest. I would like to see it, though. I think you'd look nice. Thank you very much. It was just not available to me okay. at the moment that I was packing for a weekend in the snow with a toddler. So, Did she wear silver, Molly? No, she didn't. She was wearing a very chic, uh, like a jumpsuit and a Molly and a is puffer. very chic. Mo- Molly period. is like incredibly stylish. Molly also really brought the energy that I needed to Renaissance. It was a, you know, it was a pretty empty theater, but Molly and the nine other people in the theater were excited. What we lacked in numbers, we had an enthusiasm. Everyone else was wearing silver. People were singing along and clapping. I took a photo of a large group of younger individuals all dressed in silver after the cool. show. I was like, I was like the boomer being like, sure, I'll take your picture. So that was nice. And I watched this incredible movie on a large screen and it was really good, Juliet. It's just really, really good. I'm definitely going to see it. I'm excited. I, I was supposed to be traveling this week, and now I, I pushed my trip back by a few days, so I have, like, two found days. So I'm like, great. I'm going to see Renaissance. Is it playing during the week or only on the weekends? I assume that it's playing during the week. I, okay, you I'm know. check. Is it straight concert, or is there behind-the-scenes, like, There's her previous There's a ton of behind-the-scenes footage. It is an extension of Homecoming, Mm, in okay. a lot That's of ways, just about. in the sense of it's like it's a filmed concert with interstitials showing how the performance comes together and also updates on Beyonce's life. Everything is like supersized. And cool. so, but you know, there is one great moment where Beyonce is talking about her standards and her expectations and how she's treated at work. And it's very reminiscent of the homecoming scene 
when she's like, until I, I see my notes it. applied. And it's very knowing, and I don't want to spoil, like, the new additions to, to that canon of Beyonce just being like, this isn't good enough to people, but just with her eyes. That was very important to me. There's stuff about all the kids. She, there's a whole segment that addresses the Blue Ivy performance. I heard about this on the internet. And backlash, I, I suppose, I would say. And... I found that pretty moving. I'd also had a margarita and a half, and Santa Fe is like a high altitude, so I was crying. Wow. I was moved. It was really nice when they're performing together. The way I'm excited. Beyonce I'm excited to see her, it. She also addresses the injury rumors and, oh, cool. and kind of puts that into, which I, I was surprised by, but I, I was glad that she did. And I, she does it in a way where then I just became like even more nervous for the, you know, the, the body part in question, just like, don't, you know, don't hurt your knee, don't hurt your knee for the rest of the show. But then the performance itself is absolutely astonishing. And the other thing that the film does is it edits like seemingly from every single performance. Oh, like, that's cool. So, so she in, filmed every show. She Yeah, well, she's Beyonce. She films everything. But in contrast to the Taylor Swift concert where you and I were like able to tell where yeah. it's supposed to be edited, it's edited and it's supposed to be like one seamless performance, but like her hair is responding to different levels of humidity, which happens yeah. to all of us, by the way. Of course, yeah. But the hair continuity was a tell. In this, the fact that it's being edited together is intentional and kind of showcases like the breadth of the Renaissance tour and particularly the the wardrobe and the fashion, which is like amazing. And so there will be a single... Like, in a song, they'll edit. And there are a couple cuts where it's, like, you see, like, six outfits in a row. And, like, Beyonce hitting her marks is unchanged. But, like, what she is wearing changes at, like, rapid fire. And all the clothes are so incredible. So it's it, it's so visual. And obviously the performance itself and the way that Beyonce, like, moves and, like, occupies a stadium is very visual. But also the way that it's edited together and, like, the changing, like, the types of filming, the angles, all that stuff. Like, they thought about it like a movie. And it's awesome. I'm really excited to see it. You're definitely, um, uh, you're increasing my excitement, which I was already looking forward to it. Who directed it? Uh, Beyonce. It's uh, written, directed, produced. Cool. It's not edited by. There are, like, many editors, and they all did a great job. But, yeah, this is a a film by, I believe the official title is Renaissance, a film by Beyonce. Right. Oh, my goodness. It is a film by Beyonce. One thing I enjoy about Beyonce movies, well, the first one on HBO, I didn't didn't feel this way, but this is definitely true of Homecoming and a lot of her projects since. One thing that Beyonce and LeBron both share is they're both, like, otherworldly but incredibly hardworking. So it, like, humanizes them in a way where it's like, even though I can, most people will never be at your level of what you do, of your craft, it's also, like, pretty cool that they let you in on the fact that, like, there's a ton of fucking work that goes into it and they don't try to make it seem like it's just... To quote Beyonce, I woke up like this. I completely agree. I think I said something similar, like, to Wesley. But that is, That's and funny. that is part of, like, what is so inspiring is that she really is, like, a true artistic genius. Yeah. But also, like, works for it and lets you know yeah. that she works for it and, like, expects, you know, everyone else to 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 be on her level, which is great. But the a thing that I really felt about Renaissance is like it it uses the crowd a lot and so it does a good job of communicating that tour as like a communal like generous experience mm-hmm. and you get excited 
to be in her presence, but also, you know, you can feel that she is, like, excited to to be there with all of those people. It feels a lot less siloed than I feel like some That's of, cool. like, Beyonce's stuff does. Yeah. Well, I, which is it's nice. funny. It sounds like it's really in contrast to the Coachella performance, which is, like, as, leg- like, so legendary. Yes. But I feel like it was also you know, in a vacuum where it's like you were there and you were, or you were watching the live stream at the time yes. or you weren't. And then, of course, there is the homecoming film. But like, I don't know, that just felt more singular where if what you're describing sounds like it captures like the movement that is Renaissance in a way. Yes, absolutely. I started clapping several times, but I, le- I led the clapping during one point where they it's um, Break My Soul and all the dancers and everyone comes out kind of like into the center of the stadium, and it is just, like, full dance party. Fun. Community event. It's great. It was really fun. What's the runtime on this film? Well, that's that's the one thing. It's two hours and 48 minutes. And I'm going to be honest, two hours and 15 minutes in, as as I said, altitude was a factor here for me personally, and I we were getting some deep cuts where I was like, I don't know if I needed this one. You know, okay. I, th- I think that we could have edited it a little bit. Also, apparently, I did not get to go to the Renaissance tour. So Love on Top is a major feature of Renaissance or was a major feature of Renaissance, the tour, and was cut from the film. Oh, no. That's my favorite Beyonce song. <laughs> I know. And a lot of people feel that way. The impression that I got was that at the tour, at like the actual concerts, it becomes like not even a sing-along, but she would just like let the whole— crowd go, which I don't think records right in the in I wouldn't the really want to watch that, yeah. Right. No, it's a great song. So we, it was it was long. It was like quite long. Okay. But all right, but that's good okay. to know. I gotta clear my sketch. I'm excited though. It was great stuff. Shout out to Santa Fe and to everyone cool. who showed up on Thursday night. Well that sounds great. Thank you for your up review. I will text you my feedback when I see it and perhaps we'll discuss it on the pod. Okay. Wonderful. As we're talking about songstresses, you put on our rundown Tree Pain versus Demois, and this is not something I know about. Okay. Could you please tell me about the feud between this Instagram gossip person and Taylor Swift's publicist? Sure. Long-time publicist? So, you and I, we I mean, we do live in a post-Demois world. There's, like, nothing that we can do about that. Yeah, I can't but avoid we, it. we try to operate at a remove, right? And mm-hmm. so— I'm speaking for you, so you can correct me at any time. I try to operate it and remove, right? I'm not following the account. Yeah. Like, it filters into my life. What can I do? I have it muted. Sometimes I check in, but, like, honestly, quite rarely. I only have it muted because I think it's, like, you have to be approved to follow, if I recall correctly. Oh, okay. Anyway, so I was not aware that Dumois has been pushing a rumor Taylor Swift and Joe Allen had a non-legally binding marriage ceremony in 2020 or 2021. Oh, interesting. So I I recall that Demois has sort of like been on this hill of like, it was more than just boyfriend and girlfriend. I don't want to say that I knew Demois was saying that they were married, but I do recall, I believe... Demois saying, like, there was an engagement. There was a ring. Like, definitely it was insistent that it was more than just, like, live-in boyfriend, live-in girlfriend. Maybe they have a very loose definition of common-law marriage. Who knows? Anyway, so on November 30th, Tree Payne took to Twitter and screenshotted— I think you mean X, formerly known as Twitter. I'm, I don't acknowledge that shit. <laughs> and said— 
it, and like with a screenshot of the Dumois thing and wrote, enough is enough with these fabricated lies about Taylor from Dumois. There was never a marriage or ceremony of any kind. This is an insane thing to post. It's time for you to be held accountable for the pain and trauma you cause with posts like these. Oh my God. Which is a lot, you know? And so- wow. Pain and trauma, huh? Right, exactly. And I believe that Dumois then responded to that suggesting, but like not in a very clear way, that pain and trauma is like an interesting turn of phrase to use about this at this time. Mm. So it got pretty, and and then after that, I think Tree Pain has not really like updated much more. I see. Was Dumois saying that's like a reference to war, like pain and trauma? No, is much worse? I believe to the to the death of a fan at Taylor Swift's oh, Brazil I concert. Oh, I see. Okay. But, but but again, I don't follow Jim Wasser. So that was like several levels of people interpreting and reading between the lines. Gotcha. Gotcha. It, it is notable that this is what Tree Payne decides to weigh in on at this right, of point in time. Things. Like of all of the things. And I don't, it, it suggests that it's either true and or it really, really, really bothers Taylor Swift. It must really, yeah, it must and, really bother and, her. And that's kind of my interpretation as well. But I'm like, of all the things to be upset about that are said about Taylor Swift, I mean, I guess, you know, breakups are hard. I get it. But I don't know. I don't know hmm. why you would issue this particular statement. That casts her current relationship, which is very public, in a slightly different light for me. Mm-hmm. Knowing that there's still some very raw feelings, perhaps, of the previous relationship, whereas I feel like a lot of the media has suggested to us that perhaps everyone's just moving on with their lives. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I'm just, I, it was just of note. I feel like we're at the phase of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, where I'm I'm thinking about the film Win a Date with Tad Hamilton a lot, which okay. is funny because, like, in this in this version, Travis Kelsey would be Kate Bosworth, which is like so far from what he is. But I've totally lost interest in them. I just wanted to, I just want to say Christmas in Kansas on. City. See you there. Sure. Okay. okay. I mean, I like they went to a bar and Christmas clothes. I guess. Yeah. I hope to do that in the next couple of weeks. Christmas clothes. Go to a bar primarily. Oh. But if I, I, I <laughs> maybe I'll wear a red sweater. But you know. <laughs> Who's to say? Yeah. All right. Let Let's move on. Probably the biggest celebrity news story, and also the ugliest of the last week, has been the Dutch translation of Omid Scobie's book Endgame, which is about the royal family of the United Kingdom. Endgame, in its Dutch translation, had mistake, which is that all other versions in English language and else elsewhere, and otherwise redacted the names of the two royals who are accused of asking about what Archie's skin would look like before he was born. And then it came out that the Dutch version had accidentally printed those names as a result of a translation error. And then, if you really dug deep here in America and elsewhere in the English-speaking world, you could, like, maybe find out who the two were that were accused. And then, like, two days later, Pierce Morgan, who, like, previously has been really mean and hard on Meghan Markle, decided to take it upon himself 
he said, to share with the British public, because they are funding the monarchy, the names that were printed in the Dutch version. And the names that were printed in the Dutch version, according to Pierce Morgan, are Kate Middleton and now King Charles, formerly Prince Charles. And this whole thing is so ugly and also incredibly confusing because as Amanda and several other people have pointed out, how does a translation error possibly explain the fact that something was supposed to be redacted and wasn't? Like, it just makes no sense at all. It has made no sense from the beginning. And that's not to, you know, this is like a, an ugly, inciting incident that has then been funneled through eight ugly and confusing levels of media rubbernecking and, and grossness, right? So I just, there's a lot going on. But I, I do not get the chain of events here. And once, it, what's amazing is that once Piers Morgan inserted himself into this, as you said, then it was just every single publication was like, okay, like now we will be involved in this too, which on the one hand, I, you know, they are, the taxpayers are paying for this and it is certainly like, is it newsworthy? I don't know. I guess now it's news. And then, but it's also funny that, or not funny, but weird that it's like, Piers Morgan sent out to do the dirty work for all of these quote-unquote respectable institutions. Everything about it is just like, takes us back to the conclusion we usually come to, which is like, burn it all down. Like, this all needs to go. I feel certain Piers Morgan saw an opportunity to get people to talk about him. Yes. That's why he did this. After probably like significant amount of legal vetting. I think a lot of tabloids in the UK and even in the US we're hesitant to do so because of the British libel laws, which I'm not going to pretend I understand, but they're stricter than the U.S. ones. Plus, people like to get sources. And I think, like, pissing off the palace is a pretty big deal. Pierce Morgan must also be getting absolutely nothing from the Royal Rota or the palace anymore with King Charles. He's just like, fuck it, I'm doing this. Right. But, like, nobody here is acting in Archie's best interest. Like, nobody's, like, the public needs to know about this in the best interest of this child or, like, even in Meghan Markle's best interest. Like, it's just, like, everyone's using this to their advantage, like for attention in the book, for your, you know, television show. Like, there's no one who's like, we need to protect this kid, who probably does need some protection because his parents are under so much scrutiny. So, yes, it's just like really fucked up. I'm glad he's living in the U.S., Archie, because I feel like it would be a terrible time for him to be in the U.K. with all this going on. So, at least there's that. Agree. And I think he's going to... But he lives in Montecito, of all places in the U.S., so that seems like a great place to be a three-year-old. I hope he's on the beach having a nice day. You know, day. I think, yeah, I think he might be. I hope that he has a lovely Christmas. I mean that sincerely. That sounded like, you know, No, I agree with you. I think Christmas in Montecito sounds really wonderful. Also, like, Omid Scobie is just like, give it up already, man. Find a new bent. I don't I, know. <laughs> he's been on this beat for a long time. It's just been a descent. There's not a lot to report on with Meghan and Harry anymore just because, like, they're living their lives or whatever. right. And without that, I feel like he's, like, just looking for something. Just, what's your best theory, Amanda, on on this the Dutch version getting published? Like, what's your conspiracy theory? Or, like, what do you think happened? Like, I, I don't really have anything. I'm just like, this is weird and clearly not the real story. Like, what happened here? I mean, instinctively, you think that someone along the way thought that this was a good way to juice numbers and and put attention to the book while skirting around the legal 
issues, especially in the UK, right? And then it's mm-hmm. like the Dutch translation is very random and suggests a familiarity with various international libel laws. Uh-huh. And, but, I, you know, I, the, the mechanics of it, you suggested that maybe things were redacted at the last minute. And so the redaction just like didn't make it to this one particular version. Yeah, like legal stepped in late. And so the different printing presses like didn't happen or something like that. Right. I don't know. It's really, really confusing. It really is. It's so dumb. I want the best for Archie. I hope he's okay. I do too. And for his parents, it's got to be kind of torturous to live through. It's like your kid. It's not just like them. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with that. They also now, like the Times of London, which is not the New York Times, it's the separate Times, and is like the very conservative and yeah, royal, of- like pro-royal paper has started like a different campaign about them not being invited to somebody's wedding because yes, of tar- tensions, you know, Hugh and Grosner. it's, yeah, who is just a, a billionaire 10 times over because he owns all of the city of London, as I understand it. Yeah. He's Archie's godfather, allegedly. Right. But so there, you know, that's, that's clearly time to kind of be like a distraction and uh, it's just, it's got to be, yeah, feel bad. I think it probably feels bad for everyone. I agree. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, You can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, shall we get to our gift guide? Let's do it. I'm very excited. I don't even know where to begin. Do you I mean, have any sort of uniting theme for your gift guide? Governing principles? A little bit. Okay. I was thinking about how much on this podcast and in my personal life, I talk to friends about like wanting to look and feel good in like 
clothes and yes, and just like material goods. Same. I feel like that's a really common conversation. It's something that I know I bring up constantly. And so a lot of mine are related to like how to accomplish feeling good. I think that that is a really high-minded and inviting version of what my strategy was, which was things I bought and liked and or things I want. <laughs> yeah, I mean that too. <laughs> so, so you know, that's kind of where we are. I listen to, a, a lot of people do great gift guides. I really recommend my friends, Claire and Erica, who have a podcast called A Thing or Two. And they're amazing at this. And they also do like gift guides for other people. You know, and like people specific to situations and people's interests and all that sort of stuff. This is really a gift guide for me, you know, but it's also like gifts I've already given to myself. But maybe you'll want to give this to yourself or someone else in your life. That sounds great. Yeah. Do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. So the first one is I just I'm so enthusiastic about. And I'll start with the preface, I guess, slash disclosure. So I was a merit beauty user an enthusiast and talked about it so much on a different podcast after drinking a lot of alcohol that Merit sent me a a gift. So like, it's not quite sponsored, but I have tried like a lot of their more products than I would have. But when I posted about it, everyone, like a lot of my friends wrote and were like, oh, should I try that? Is that really that good? Like, I've been curious about it. So I just have to say that the Merit Flush Balm is the real deal. It Mm. rules. And what kind of product is it? What do you use it for? So, so it's a cheek color. So it's a oh, it's a flush it. balm, Makeup. and it's got sort it. of like a cream thing. And I really just think it's like crayons for your face. But cool. they also, you know, one of the things that they advertise is that you can't screw it up. And I think that's like really true because I don't know how to do anything with makeup. And I think that this looks like really lovely. It's really easy to put on. I never feel like my mother, which who I love very much, but like our makeup <laughs> goals aren't the same. So anyway, the flesh balm, they sell it individually. I think you could also do as a set because like it is like crayons and it's fun to use different colors. I primarily wear terracotta, which is Prince, and Beverly Hills. I was also sent Fox by the nice people at Merit, and I thought that that was really nice. And it's not a color that I normally would have picked for myself. I think you really like can't go wrong with any of them. And it's just, it's really, I feel really strongly that this is a great wow. product. Okay. I, I do also like their highlighter and their makeup brush, which is another thing that's like, it's, I'm, I'm sorry to say that like I've reached an age where I have to use a brush. Oh, yeah. But I of have course. to use a brush. Well, I didn't yeah. for a long time. One of my first, I have a sort of like a, an umbrella number one. Okay. But it's very similar. And once again, I just want to say it's not because we're sponsored by this company here on Ringer Dish, but. The number one thing I want to recommend is a Sephora gift card. And here's why. So frequently, you and me, or me and Callie, talk about our inability to do makeup, but like wanting to learn. And I just feel like this is the time, Christmas break, Christmas, you got to escape your family. Just sit down with your phone, open up YouTube and TikTok, start fucking watching makeup videos, and then go buy some makeup or some other products. Because I recently went to Sephora and I got some Youth to the People products, including their face serum. Mm-hmm. I use their and cleanser every night. It's wonderful. The, yeah, the use of the people products are awesome. Actually, Sephora's had some for off 30% off last Monday, so that was dope. I ordered some. I got the, the cleanser based on your recommendation after using the, the serum on a daily basis. And 
Sephora's just a great place to explore. They're also like, I feel like sometimes makeup can be intimidating, but the most intimidating thing about Sephora is the teens that are there, not the people that work there. So if you can overcome the teens, there's a lot that can happen. And in general, I feel like gift cards, I used to be like, eh, cheap gift. But I actually, cheap, not like small amount of money, but like not a lot of thought. But I actually don't think that anymore. Like for someone in your life, you're like, I know that you really care about this right thing right now, but I don't know exactly what you want, but I know you can get it at this place. It's actually a really like thoughtful thing to do. It's giving them choice while also like seeing, hey, I think that you are interested in like getting into like the beauty space. So here, go wild Sephora. Here's your gift card. So I think it's a great gift and I would really accept any and all Sephora uh, gift cards. Also, Merit is sold at Sephora. So you could go and try on all the blushes. Really, really great stuff. Along these lines, I had two other gift card ideas. And these are for millennial. This is really tailored towards millennial women in in one of two. Okay. (sighs) One of the hardest things post-COVID the last few years is figuring out what shoes to wear and also how how to balance comfort and style. Tell me about it. And... I just think that people need to be thinking about Cole Haan more often. Their prices have come down, the comfort has gone up, and the fashion is pretty good. And so, just want to say, if you're try- if you're confused, check it out there. And then number two, Uniqlo. I just feel like Uniqlo obviously has basics, but then it also has like some fashion pieces and things that like sometimes I'll buy and then I'll be doing a closet assessment like nine months later. And I'm like, you know what? I don't wear this, but I should. And then I'll start wearing it. Case in point. I have a black blazer that I've had for a year and I've only recently started wearing it, but I'm so glad to have it. And since it was from Uniqlo, it wasn't that expensive. I haven't had to feel bad about it sitting in my closet and therefore I've kicked it up a notch. And so I just feel like these are three brands, Sephora, Uniqlo, and Colhan, that are approachable, make sense, not too expensive, and will help you kick things up a notch. The Uniqlo collaborations are also mm. fantastic. And are yes. they, I mean, they work with a lot of different designers. So I have a Uniqlo Marnie raincoat that mm. I wear, I mean, whenever it rains here, which is not that often, but it's, I feel very not chic. enough. I have a dress from their J.W. Anderson collab. Oh, yeah, I love that. It's it's really great stuff and is also designers that you probably, they, they wouldn't be in my price range Same. With, without the help of Uniqlo. So, gift cards, I'm in. Back okay. to you, Amanda. All right. This is actually a gift that I would give to you, Juliette Littman, but I would also like it myself because I think that you would like it aesthetically and also it would remind, well, I don't know whether you want to be reminded of the time that we spent together at Liberties in London, but I do. That was a yeah, very I, nice I time. I got a great dress there. Yes, um, I had a lovely You did time. get a great, we had, I, had some, I got some pajamas for myself and for Knox. Anyway, so Hey, which is a Danish design brand that I like a lot and I have a lot of items from them. Or I guess now that I'm Googling it, it's Danish-inspired, so maybe we'll check the authenticity thing another day. Anyway, hey, make some— I think it was acquired a few years ago, okay. and so it's, like, become more ubiquitous. But yes, I okay. think, you know, it's got that Scandi design. Right. They did a collaboration with Liberty, and so their oh. Madden Liberty table lamp is, like, the sort of chic, minimal, hey, lamp design with Liberty print lampshades, and you can pick different oh, Liberty prints. Oh, that sounds prints. awesome. Yeah, they're really like beautiful, that. and they, the lamps come in a couple different sizes— it was on sale, too, for Black Friday, and I didn't buy it for you then, which I really feel like I messed up with. Anyway. It's okay. Thanks for thinking of me. I, I like all Hay stuff and have given a lot of Hay things as gifts. I believe you've recommended it on our gift guides. I have. Past. And I gave a, a, a Hay tea kettle to my stepmom, which I think was a hit. Nice. Those are cool. Yeah. I, if it wasn't, she has, like, lied very nice to me, nicely to me about it. But I think this lamp would be lovely. 
Oh, that sounds great. I'm going to check it out. I think of hay as the type of stuff that I love to look at when I go to the MoMA design store. So with that in mind, my next recommendation is also a housewares, which is Hellerware dishes. Do you know mm, what Hellerware yeah, is? Yeah, the bright colors and the... Bright color oh, yeah. melamine dishes that are reissues. When I was growing up, actually, my mom had them in two colors, and now they they are reissued a couple, like, I think last year, and you can get them at the MoMA Design Store. You can get a whole dishware set for, like, 60 bucks. They're very, like, mod, really bright colors, but they're, like, like kids... They're, like, kind of, like, kid dishware for adults, but, like, kids could use them, too. And I just think they're, like, really funky, but bright, and they make a statement but they're cheap. They're, and you know, usable. they won't break. Usable. Yeah. yeah. They're they're really cool. Indoor, outdoor. I, I like really love Hellerware. So highly recommend. And it's always fun to browse the MoMA design store. That's a great one. I have never pulled the plug on that because we, at some point, I don't know how it happened, but we became like a splatterware family for mm. every day, like splatterware and then, you know, just like basic crate and barrel, whatever. And so it felt like it would be an aesthetic shift. Sure. Yes, it would be. But but also I really like it and maybe that's the aesthetic shift that we need to make. It kind of feels like party plates, like yeah. for every day in a good way. Agree. That's a great recommendation. Okay. My next thing is something that I learned about from my friends, Claire and Erica, and one of my most life-changing purchases of 2023, which is the Olive and June Petty Kit. Do you know about Olive and June? Of course, yes. Okay, so this is like a kind of mini, like, nail empire. But I am not a nail, a a manicure person. I, I honestly just, like, I chew my nails and I, like, you know, always am, like, cutting my fingers while I'm cooking and all sorts of things. I'm the same. I always get, like, a, clear or like just like a buff manicure because like I want my hands to look better but I can't commit to a color because I know it's like gonna break in one second and I treat my hands poorly so the manicure thing is not really for me but I am a pedicure person because I like to wear sandals in fact like I really don't like to wear socks one of my guiding principles when moving to Los Angeles was never having to wear socks or tights again (laughs) happiness is never wearing socks yeah so (laughs) and I I do have to wear socks in the winter and that's pretty tough for me but in the summer, you can wear sandals, but I don't want to be self-conscious about ugly feet. So you have two options, right? You can either go get a pedicure, which is just like a, a, a side of everything else in terms of the nail industry, just like time-consuming, and I don't have that kind of time. Or you can do it at home, but you need you need help, or I need help, because I am like one of those people who, like, when she paints her nails, it looks like a two-year-old. Yeah, like, like my almost two year old like did it instead of me. Yeah, it's like it's like a like a marker on my toes. Yeah. So the petty system is everything that you need in one box, like including like a file and like the the little separators. And there's like a cuticle step that I found like really really intimidating, but I have like mostly figured out how to do it and polish and like you know all these sorts of things. And then they teach you how to do it. And then it's all in one thing, and it's under $100. And that I used awesome. it all summer long. I still, I have, like, had to up one or two things in the kit because I've run out just because I used it so much. But I do it at home, and then I wear sandals all summer. So it's a really, it's a really great, like, all-in-one gift. Maybe I'll get that. Yeah. That sounds great. Okay. My next one is... Jewelry from Quince. Fine jewelry for not fine jewelry prices. Amanda, are you a Quince person? I'm not. And I'm embarrassed to say I don't even know 
what Quince is. I thought Quince was um, cashmere. It has cashmere. Oh, okay. But it's also expanded to, like, everything. Kind of like it takes a lot of stuff that's, like, popular. Like, for example, certain, like, leggings or, like, a kind of, like, the Dagny Dover bags. Like, it sort of makes, like, the that same version without the brand name. Like, I don't know if they use the same, like, factories or whatever, but they have a lot of stuff that is, that is, like, looks, like, fancy, but so much cheaper. Like, so much cheaper. And then they have really nice, fine jewelry. So, like, if you lust after small diamond studs and you, it's not cheap. It's not, like, 20 bucks, but it's, like, 150. It's a lot cheaper than most of the time. And they just have, like, a lot of really nice, like, simple gold jewelry. And I think it's like a really nice way to get something that's lasting and a little bit better quality than you might get like at like, you know, at a lower price point without having to totally splurge. So I I recommend it. And in general, Quince, I think is a great place to buy presents. They also have some really nice bags. I'm a big, I'm a big fan. I think I was looking at a Quince sweater the other day in men's because that's, that's just a hack I have in general. It's not a gift guide thing, but men's, I've just been buying men's clothes. It's just way, they're just way better than women's clothes. Men's sweaters are much longer, which sometimes I really want. The fisherman sweater, the classic cotton fisherman sweater from Quince is really nice too. It's like $39.99. It's a really, really good one. Yeah, I would just recommend, I like, I really like a lot of the different gold hoops. They have a bunch of different kinds and whatnot. And, you know, not all of it's that cheap, but some of it is pretty cheap. And it's 365 day free returns if you don't like it. So can't lose. That's a great gift. My next recommendation is a thing that I was actually gifted and loved and is a prized possession. And then another thing that I would like someone to get for me that I almost bought myself. Okay, so the thing I received from my sister-in-law and friend, Ruthie, is the Sofia Coppola archive book, which is the Mm. art book that Sofia Coppola made about all of her films. It is beautiful. Sofia Coppola is one of my favorite directors. Go see Priscilla if you haven't seen it. Anyway, it's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful book with behind the scenes, you know, photos and materials and image boards and stuff and photos that she's taken on the sets of all of her films, plus interviews, cool. you know, and it also like could be a nice coffee table book, you know, if you, you know, it's one of, it's one of those doubles as art book and fun book. As a part of kind of this, the fall of Sofia Coppola, she also, she did a lot of collaboration. The autumn, not the downfall. Yes. Thank you. The autumn of Sofia Coppola. That's the second <laughs> time that that's happened to me in like several days and I I can't I, whatever she did a lot of collabs she did one with Catbird speaking of jewelry where mm. she made charms that cool. you could put on a, I guess a charm bracelet a charm necklace whatever I am choosing the Cantab charm which is meant to evoke the the Cantab on the Sophia Rosé cool. Cantab there's also a wine bottle charm the person needs to have a charm bracelet, which, like, I don't. Otherwise, then you got to go down the chain thing, and it, like, you know, it's a pretty small— So this is why I don't didn't buy this for myself yet, but if someone can figure out for me how to do this, I would happily wear it, and it's a good gift for the Sophia lover in your life who already does have a charm bracelet or necklace. <laughs> do you have that a charm bracelet? great. I do, like, an old one. You know, I've been wearing a lot of my childhood jewelry lately and loving it, so that would fall into that category. Like, I'm— I'm hardcore back on a lot of the, the jewelry I received as a gift for my bat mitzvah. So, like, oh, that's like nice. Some, yeah, like I've been that's wearing like, the like my one old- good thing of getting significantly older is that at some point your old stuff is going to come back around if you keep it. Yeah, I've been wearing the like three interlocking hearts by Elsa Peretti a lot. Okay, 
and really enjoying it. I also like recently polished the open heart and the bean. I'm b- I'm back on my silver Elsa Peretti beat. Silver is back. Twenty five years later, yeah. I've also been mixing it with um, uh, gold, which I've been enjoying. Side note: I don't know if I talked to you about this, but Thanksgiving Day weekend, I went to an awesome antiques show. Like it was like you'd like pay to get in, and I got a pair of like large gold love knot studs that like I'm Ooh. obsessed with. They're and they're they're antique, so they're like secondhand. And then I also got like a nice like gold. I'm sorry, a nice silver chain like silver bracelet i don't know if you can see it i'm showing I it can. to Amanda. Oh, that's beautiful and this is not really a gift guide thing because it's sort of like right place right time but i like really loved buying secondhand jewelry i was like this is great it's so much cheaper it's also like feels like not wasteful i don't know i like really enjoy the experience so i'm like i feel like i'm gonna start seeking out antique shows for the purpose of buying jewelry as you can tell i'm really into jewelry which brings me to my next suggestion which is a jewelry subscription box from Ink and Alloy, which is like, they have like a lot of like beaded stuff. I came across it because I was looking for beaded um, hoop earrings, which I'm which I'm also actually wearing right now. Oh, those are lovely. Thank you. Not purchasing there. But Ink and Alloy has, like you can do a surprise. You just get like a, any, you get like once a month, you get for a flat fee, $25, you get a bracelet and you just have new jewelry coming to you all the time. Do you have to return it? No. Oh, so it's not like a, like a jewelry rental thing? No, it's okay. getting jewelry as a subscription, which I think oh, sounds cool. awesome. No, that sounds great. Yeah. I just didn't know whether it was like, you know, <laughs> you know, like the bag subscription in Sex and the City, the movie. Yeah. You know, it could have been that too. Sure. Both seem good. I do like to return stuff because it feels productive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're right that it would create some extra work. Okay. My next recommendation is also the second best thing that I bought in, in 2023. It is, it's a pair of shorts. Um, and speaking oh. of men's clothes, it's a pair of men's shorts. So on the island of Nantucket, which is a beautiful place in Massachusetts that my in-laws sometimes take me, and I'm very lucky to go there, there's a store called Murray's Toggery. And Murray's Toggery invented what has become known as Nantucket Red, which is the mm. shade of like orangish red pants. It's like, that It's like washed out red. Washed out red that you have seen if not in person, then on many a movie douchebag. Okay? Mm-hmm. these and like are not Shep Rose on Yeah, these are not those pants. In fact, these shorts are blue, but they are made by the same company, Murray's Toggery, and they're just kind of, like, they're called gym shorts, but they're made from like a cotton washed, it's not quite denim, denim but it's almost stiff. And it's like a larger, you know, it's a longer short on me. And I, I wore it like every single day until it hit 50 in, in Los Angeles. I have lived in them. I'm considering buying another pair. I got them in blue. I think they, let's hit back here. They also come in khaki. They do come in red. I think the red's a little aggressive. You know what I'm saying? There's some associations with it. Just great shorts. Wow. That sounds great. Yeah. Okay. Next, I have a clothing item to recommend as well, which is investing in a a classic oversized like work shirt, button down, not like in the French work style, but like you know, like what what we know is a button down shirt even though button down actually refers to the collar by Frank and Eileen. I recently got one. It was very expensive, but it was so worth it. I feel so good in it. Fits really well. It's a work it's like a button down shirt actually made for women. And so 
like, you know, it fits across your chest really well. Right. I just, I, I feel professional when I wear it and like, I know I'll have it for a long time. That's great. I have never actually bought anything from Frank and Eileen, but I get a ton of Instagram ads for them. So it's really nice stuff. Yeah. It's like, I really, really like it. I was at a store that had it for 20% off a couple of days ago and I was like, well, I guess I'm just getting this now because it's very hard to find on sale. Should we each do one more and then transition to a few book racks? Yes. I actually, I have two more, but one okay. is for kids. Okay. Or great. for the parents of kids. So my last thing for me or someone like me <laughs> is, is it's a bundle. And the first thing is a subscription to my favorite shopping newsletter right now. So really, my first recommendation is a place to get more shopping recommendations. Jade is looking at me like I'm fucking insane right now. That's fine, Jade. I won't subscribe you to this wonderful newsletter. No, this is, it's written by Becky Malinsky and it's called Five Things You Should Buy. It's a Substack. So, cool. and I just, I think it is very informed and practical and fun shopping advice. There's a theme each week. I just think she's really good at what she does. She does it over a variety of price points. There are some unattainable ones and then some normal ones, but you could bundle it with two things that I have purchased as a result of the Becky Malinsky Five Things You Should Buy subscription. So the first one is a pair of Navy Keds, which I remember she included in the newsletter because she was looking at like an old Georgia O'Keeffe art book and it was like what Georgia O'Keeffe wore in the studio or something and then linked to them. Keds are comfortable. Keds are are great. They're available on Zappos. You know, it's not like, remember Zappos? I still use Zappos. Great kids shoes collection. So that's one. The other is something that I impulse bought last night. <laughs> While shopping for other people, I saw this and I was like, oh, I'm just going to buy this for self myself and then tell my husband to put it in my own Christmas stocking, which is like where I am with my shopping issues. Sure. So that's tough. But it's a um, Alex Mill wool neck scarf. Mm. Love and, Alex Mill. Um, yeah. yeah, I do as well. And it was, and it, you know, it's, it's like a smaller kind of kerchief scarf, so it won't break the bank. So you can pair that with a gift guide. Thank you, cool. Becky Malinsky, for all that you do for my bank account. You know, I'm going to recommend a Substack too, which okay. is, I think last year I recommended Alice Slagle's cookbook. Mm-hmm. I dream of dinner so you don't have to. Well, she now has a, a, stack, a Substack called 40 Ingredients Forever, which is a ton of recipes using the same 40 ingredients over and over so you can be cost-effective and use your pantry items. And I just feel like she is the perfect recipes for the modern person. Like, they're easy but nutritious. They're accessible. They're not too fussy. I don't know. The way that she approaches food is exactly how I like to approach cooking. So, And I just feel like I've learned so much from her. So it's called 40 Ingredients Forever by Allie Slagle. All right. Let, let's hear your last one for, for parents of kids. Okay. So these are, these are for kids, but really for parents of kids. I think I even did one of these last year. Maybe this exact same thing, but that's fine. Kids just always need pajamas, and they're way more expensive than they should be. So mm. if you want to give something to a kid, but also a parent, and take some pressure off, kids 18 months and younger, magnetic me pajamas. They're mm. magnets. Really easy. You can get them out of them. Above that, I like a two-piece from Hannah Anderson is the obvious one, but I'm also going to recommend Mori, which are just incredibly soft pajamas that they just feel a little too expensive to buy yourself. But, you know, as Mm. a gift, you and the child will be really glad. Every year, I recommend the Picture Book Club, which is a book subscription club, and it still is, like, the best gift that I've ever given my godchildren. But I do want to add that last year, I gave them a subscription 
to Radish, which is a cooking subscription service. And that got really good feedback. So, and also I had a really good customer service experience with Radish. So I'd like to thank them very much. (laughs) My last non-book rec is binoculars, which I got in like a, like a white elephant kind of thing last year. And it's like really a great thing to have. It's not something you think about wanting, but then you do and you're like, wow, I can see stuff far away. And it's kind of like really cool. (laughs) So if you ever want to see stuff that's further away than you're able to see with the naked eye or by zooming in on your phone, consider binoculars. What have you seen? Well, I actually use them like to like at the beach to like look far away that way. Okay. That's nice. All right, I'm going to recommend two books. Okay. And first ha- is actually I have a, trilog- a book. I have a book section as well, you know. Okay, great. Yeah. This is actually a trilogy, so it's three books. But okay. my favorite book that I read, I don't know favorite, but most impactful book that I read in 2023 thus far was The Bee Sting by Paul Murray. Oh, yeah. I this love This is Paul on my Murray. list. So deeply. I don't know. I'm very curious for your feedback, Amanda. I don't think you won't like it, but I'm curious to see how you'll respond to it. I I did hear that a lot of it is told from the perspective of teens, and that was suggested as a potential sticking point for me. It's a lot. This book, I would say, if someone's like, what's this book about? I would say it's about interior life. (laughs) (laughs) It's also about a family in Ireland living under the pressure of family narratives it's by Paul Murray, who is absolutely one of my favorite living writers. He's an Irishman who also wrote two other books that I absolutely adore. And I want to urge you all to read all three in order, beginning with his second book, Skippy Dies, followed by his third book, The Mark and the Void, and then finally the fourth book, which came out in 2023, The Bee Sting. He's like a man of deep humanity, and his books are imbued with that. And they're just really beautiful human stories. And... There's something about an Irish novelist that really does it for me. Should I read the trilogy? Oh, yes. Okay, so I should go Skippy in Skippy Dies also has a lot of teens, but it's really, really okay. wonderful. Teens and interior life. Okay. He, but that's like what he's so good at is capturing the confusion and the, and the like just aliveness of what goes inside, on inside your head. Anyway. Great. Oh, Murray. Gonna, are we going to go back? We're going to go back and forth? Uh, oh, I can do my other one. Okay. This is for all my Gilded Age heads. Oh, boy. Aster by Anderson Cooper and his assistant writer, Jennifer Howe. Uh, as discussed ad nauseum, I loved the Vanderbilt and he's back, baby, with Aster. There's only two episodes left of this season of the Gilded Age. Maybe forever. I don't know about season three. So if you can't get enough, just like me, and you liked the Vanderbilts, check out Aster. I have four very quick book recommendations. Great. Two I've read and two I haven't. One I'm hoping to receive, one I bought in sort of a book club pact that I'll get into very quickly. Okay, the first is the best genre book that I've read this year, which is The Likeness by Tana French. Tana oh, French is also, cool. uh, it's just like an uh, American-Irish, I'm learning via Wikipedia, but all of her books are set in Ireland. And this is, I believe, her second book, but I only read it this year. And I'm nervous to describe it the way I'm about to describe it, because it might be overselling it. And I need everyone to understand that there is only one book that is The Secret History, and that's The Secret History. Nothing is mm. going to be like it. But this has shades of The Secret History in Ireland. In Ireland. Cool. And I like okay. it. Okay. My non-genre favorite book of the year was The Guest by Emma Klein, which I feel like you mm. and I have talked about a fair amount and just keeps coming up, you know? It does keep coming up. 
So I like it less and less with more and more distance. I'm but I sorry. Think, I think that's okay. But it's yeah. at least you have it's thought worth about reading. it. It's worth reading. And yeah. it's just thinking about it. Then, so the book that I'm hoping someone will give to me was a recommendation by my friend Kate Lloyd, who's a works in books and knows a lot about books. And I was complaining to her about the state of literary fiction. And she encouraged me to read Big Swiss by Jen, Jen Began. I'm sorry if Ooh. I'm saying the last name incorrectly. I'm going to Google that right now. So Big Swiss is what I'm hoping for as a gift. And then a book I purchased and haven't read yet, and this is the absolute most Amanda pick, uh, is called Shining Through by Susan Isaacs. And I just have to say right now, there's no way that this is going to turn out to be a good book. But my sister-in-law and I were on vacation and we were going through the book's shelf at like the Airbnb, you know, a time-honored tradition. And we found this book. I'm going to read you the first sentence of the description. It's 1940 and Linda Voss, legal secretary extraordinaire, has a secret. She's head over heels in love with her boss, John Berenger, the pride of the Ivy League. And then World War II, set, you know, takes off. And it's a, um, <laughs> it's a tale of spirited woman who wisecracks her way into heroism and history. And it was apparently made into that a movie. great. It was apparently made into a movie starring Melanie Griffith, Michael Douglas, and Liam Neeson. I, we okay. were like, how do we not know about this? Ruthie has started reading the book. And, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be competing in any literary fiction awards, but I'm excited to read it this holiday season. Maybe someone in your life will be too. That sounds really good. I'm definitely going to get Big Swiss. Yes. The description sounds great. I'm, I'm very excited about it, and I trust Kate, so. Okay, great. Well, how many years in a row have we been doing this? Four? Five? Four or five, maybe. Oh, wow. Jade is just looking at us like we're actually crazy. Well, you know. I don't, I don't know what to tell you all. I had a great time. I, I did now as know well. what to get Amanda for her birthday, which is eight months away, perhaps more. Um, nine? Nine months away? Yeah. Nevertheless, perhaps I'll get you a Christmas present. Who's, who's to say? Thank you so much to our producer, Jade Whaley, for bearing with us. Thank you all. Hope you have a great time shopping for yourself and maybe for others. <laughs> um, this gift guide can be interpreted as things to buy for yourself. Obviously, we encourage that. And we'll be back next week. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.